Hello, it's Sam here from Marketing Meanders with Sally and Sam. This is part two of our discussion about websites and much besides with James Holden, the owner and founder of Wolf Productions. We hope you'll enjoy today. There's an awful lot more to cover and uh, we do go into a few car analogies, which are very good, I think. Um, but basically, we'll be looking at uh, is your website working for you? What are you measuring the success of your website against? How should you maintain your website? And why is it important to invest adequately in your web presence in the first place? So without further ado, I'll let us crack on and hope you enjoy it very much. I'm, I myself have a website and I've launched it. And then I thought, and I'm a bit of a, I'm not a very good, I, I'm a bit of a, oh, launch that, let's ignore it. Um, which is naughty. So how often do you think you should go back and actually give it a genuine change? Don't just, you know, add another blog or possibly, you know, put another picture on, but how often do you think you should genuinely give it a revamp? That's a really good question. Um, and it depends on your industry. Okay. Yes. There are some industries like engineering, for example, where you really don't need to revamp the look and feel of it for decades at a time because of okay. the the speed of that industry and the audience that are going to be looking at that website, your target audience, uh, it doesn't mean anything. It's, it's not relevant. They just want to know where to buy, you know, an XYZ widget for their, yeah. uh, you know, engine that they're building or whatever. And that's, that's what's important to them. And, you know, getting to that widget quickly is what's the most important thing. Um, but from a, a look and feel point of view, I suppose it depends on the foundations of the website, really. If you okay. if you built a website to be future proof and to have a sort of an evergreen look and feel, then not as often as you as you think. Okay. Um, and that's precisely why you want a bespoke website so that you can nail your brand. If, if you're not changing your if you're not changing your brand and the look and feel of the website is on brand you don't need to constantly be refreshing the look and feel of the website because you'll go off brand. If you yeah. update your brand, then you need to update the website look and feel for consistency with that brand. But if you're not yeah. changing your brand, if your brand is kind of evergreen and doesn't need to be keep being played with, then then not that often. What needs to be maintained is the functionality yeah. uh, and making sure that it, it, it works really well on the latest, greatest browser from from Google, etc. So that's what needs to be, you know, needs to be looked at. But building a building a website with, um, you know, that, that's that's future proof, uh, as much as the website can be future proof, um, and building it so that it's fluid, so that okay. yeah, you, you've got you've got you've got three different types of design from a website. You've got a fixed design, which is um, you know the fixed pixels 1200 pixels wide for example and you know if you make your your um browser window smaller you lose half the website because it will not resize and you have to be <laughs> one of those people with you know 2020 vision when you go on your mobile uh, if you don't pinch and zoom to read the sort of font minus 53 text because it's trying to load a 1200 pixel wide uh, website on an iPhone 5 and it ju you just won't see it. So that's your first type, which is no one should be designing a website like that anymore because it should be mobile first because yeah. um, much higher percentage of people will look on a website via their mobile device than they will uh, via a 
traditional computer. Um, so that's the way that, the way that's gone. And then you've got a responsive design, which will sort of present a website differently. So you've got sort of a mobile version of the website if someone's on a mobile. And then you've got a fluid design, which will be the same design across all devices, but it will display the optimum uh, presentation of that page based on the screen size. So okay, we okay. always work with a fluid design so that you can have the maximum impact regardless of what device you're on. Oh, brilliant. So it's constantly rendering itself to the best best possible way, whether you're looking on a tablet or a phone or a PC. Absolutely. Whatever. Yeah. And if you build if you build a site responsively, you, that needs more updating from a visual point of view because if if Apple bring out a new screen size, when that website was built, it was never built to render at that screen size. It. it was only built to render at the various devices that existed at the time. Uh, Fluid will just go, ah, this screen size 5.4 inches uh, with you know two inches wide. What's the best presentation of two inches we can give okay. on the screen? That's what we'll do. So, so it's basically agile, it, it fits what it needs to fit. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's clever. I didn't know it did that automatically. That's very clever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, a template-based website won't do that automatically. No, no, no. But if you, there are ways. <laughs> right, you, I get that. You've got to brief your designer properly. Absolutely. Yeah. All your designers should should know to answer those questions and know um, that that's the best thing for you. And, and and that's how we work. You know, we will always give someone what we feel is in their best interest. Yeah. Um, I'm not a yes man. If someone comes to me and I think from experience that ain't going to work. I'll say so. Um, and if that alienates that person from doing business with me, then so be it, because it's not in their best interest for me to do something that won't be won't add value um, based on experience. So I'd rather ultimately, say. Yeah. And if you know it's going to fail ultimately down the line, they'll just mistrust you then as opposed to absolutely. now. Absolutely. Yeah. Not do, we're not going to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I used to be a yes man because that's what I thought I was trying. To, I was a people pleaser and I was trying to, you know, um, give everybody what they asked for rather than what they necessarily needed. Yeah. And you'd have that phone call six months later. Well, it's not working. What's not working? Well, it's not generating any business. Um, well, why is that? Well, that's because we didn't do that. Um so yeah, I, I, I absolutely, that's the consultative part of it. I, I will very much guide someone and say, okay, you've had this idea, we could do that, or we could do this and this is why. And I think it goes back to the why. I think if you can justify why you're doing something, um, then you know, if someone listens, you're gonna have a much better relationship. Um, and that's not coming from a place of knowing it all, because I don't. And anyone that says they do know it all, um, they're gonna fall flat on their face. Um, but I do have a lot of, you know, I have two decades of experience in what works exactly. and what doesn't. And I think you have to recognise actually when you're briefing a website, you're actually, as I said before, putting your strategy into it, but actually it's you're having a long-term relationship with your website developer. This isn't something just, oh, well, you just develop me a website and then I'll just never speak to you again ever and that's fine. It yeah. should be an embedded relationship where you can say, mm, I'm wondering about looking, doing this kind of funnel work. How can you help me here? It needs to be that kind of relationship. Abs yeah, absolutely. And, and I have um, retainers with clients for that purpose so that you're yeah. not having to have that you know constant awkward conversation of oh what does this bit cost what does that back cost and you know I, I will I'll just say to people look here, here's the retainer and within that retainer you get da, 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 and that's what we, we need in order to evolve your your strategy moving Absolutely. forward and I'll just be honest with you if I think you're 
um, creeping, or scope creeping the relationship, I'll just have a conversation uh, and we'll all just be transparent and adult about it and say, look, okay, we, we are sort of doing three times more than we should be per month um, for this retainer. We need to sort of look at that. Um, but um, yeah, re retainers work really, really well. And, and, and it's once someone... Sorry, Sally, go on. Right, and it's why if you're, in a, if you're in a corporate environment, so you've actually got a job and you've got a website to department, you need, marketeers need to go and talk to them all the time. Don't just go, oh, I need them to do me a landing page and then go and ask them for a landing page. You need to say, I'm, this is the strategy. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm going to do. And talk to your website department all the time. They're not an add-on extra. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I guess that's where I'm coming from as a business, really, is being that virtual website marketing department. But I'm coming yeah. from a place of what value is what we're doing and add to your business, not just you've asked me for X and I've provided it and then you pay me and then we're done. That yeah. is not sustainable. And you, you, you know, there are, there are companies out there that work like that and it just creates a race to the bottom approach to, to billing, to pricing. Um, it, people become very despondent and say, Oh, I've tried the whole website thing. It doesn't work. No, it does. You're doing it wrong or you're yeah, doing that's it exactly it. yeah think again put it differently in your strategy yeah or actually put it embed it in your strategy more yes. than you are already yeah yeah it's it's it is an insanely powerful um channel to market if used properly like anything i mean things have already dramatically challenged once upon a time because i'm extremely old much older than all of you um i remember the yellow pages you know and that was where you went to go. You went to find a business. So if I wanted to find a plumber, I would find my yellow pages that used to get sent to me free of charge through the post, which is hilarious. And I'd go through the huge pages and pages of plumbers and find one. Now, I, everyone would do it online. And actually, if your business isn't there, you won't be getting any business because if you haven't got a website. I now don't trust you. I'm thinking, oh, you're obviously a bit of a fly by night. Don't really know you. Why haven't you got a website? Yeah. Or if it's not done properly, if you're not yeah. being if you're not showing that you're investing in your own business, why would I invest in you? Um, and you're absolutely right. There's an expectation there. You know, people yeah. people don't if you're passing someone in the street, you don't say to somebody, um, have you got a watch? You ask them the time. There is an assumption that they will have a watch. Yeah. And it's the same. It's the same principle. Exactly, exactly. Um, so what would your advice be to someone who thinks, um, oh, it's too expensive. I really can't afford a professional. Um, perhaps I'll do it myself. How cross are you when someone tries it themselves and then just gives it to you because they've realised it's too tricky and goes, can you do this, just do this for me? Uh, again, good question. Um, so I don't get, I don't get cross as such but I do get frustrated when I really like somebody because that, that from an ideal client point of view my ideal client is someone that, that values what they can achieve from a website understands the value I gel really well with them so I know I'm going to work well um, and then it, it's just easy it's an easy relationship that's that's win-win and that's what business should be it should be mutually beneficial win-win relationships there should never be a loser from a business relationship yeah, um yeah. but yeah in answer to the question of people doing their own thing I, I find it frustrating if i really like that person and they're not listening or they're looking at <laughs> um 
they're looking at cost before value. Um, you know, if, if someone understands the value of something, they'll find a way to do it. Quite often, when it's when it's positioned as a pricing problem, or an affordability problem, or a too expensive problem, it's just because they haven't seen the value behind it yet, and 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 that's all. And it's about it, it's about priorities. You know, you can find a way. You know, something I will I will offer people if I want to work with someone I'll say look th th this is the price and this is why this is the price and this is fair what's affordable to you per month because I want to invest you know you're investing in me I want to show that I'm investing in you by giving you the opportunity to have a self-funding proposal you can have this shiny new results driven um, you know game changer of a website up front that's how much value I put behind, you know, putting my money where my mouth is. And you can pay me over a period of time that's affordable to you within reason, of course. Otherwise, it will devalue the pound if it's 20 years or something like that. But generally speaking, someone can pay over a period of time. And if I've done my job properly, which I will, it will pay for itself. Then it becomes a self-funded self-funded proposal. Because I totally understand people don't necessarily have lumps of capital sat around. Um, but it it is priorities is you know if you look at um, cars I know car, and not everyone's into cars but cars are a good analogy you know which car if you're into cars and you know the value behind a car and in terms of the experience it gives you which car is more expensive a hundred thousand pound Porsche 911 or a twenty thousand pound Mondeo now most people when you ask that question will say oh the Porsche well, not necessarily. If it's more than five times the car, it's better value than the Mondeo for your needs and what you're trying to achieve. Um, however, a lot of people, anything that's over their budget, they just go, oh, that's expensive. So they're defining expensive yeah. in, you know, and, and intrinsically linking it to affordability. And the two are very set different things. I don't think... Uh, I don't think a um, you know a DB11 is expensive for what it is. Can I afford one? Sadly, not. But it's not expensive. <laughs> exactly. But you also have to align to your needs. I mean, if you want, if you can easily afford a DB11, but actually you've got four children and a dog, it's possibly not the right car for you. Absolutely. Yeah. It is about. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It's about needs. Um, but yeah, if we're looking at the equation of pure driving joy and not all of the complications of life, if we're just looking at it from that simple perspective, yeah, uh, it's that kind of ideal worldy question. And, and and yeah, looking at something and saying, you know, are, are you thinking something's expensive because it's not affordable? Um, and if it's not affordable, perhaps it's actually something you need to do so that it, so that that level of investment is no longer expensive for you anymore. You know, I will, I will look at something and say, well, you know, that that's fantastic. How, how has somebody done that? And I'll look into and study um, how they've done it rather than saying, well, I can't do that. Cause if you think you can or you can't, you're right. It's interesting as well, actually, because this comes down to, I mean, sort of touching on uh, an interview we did the other day about analytics. And uh, it's more sort of, I suppose, that the metrics of success, as you say, or metrics of value. So that, you know, people say, perhaps when you're starting with a website saying, well, OK, um, I'm going to invest X amount and get a, an off the shelf well, uh, version of a website. I'm, I'm not going to do invest a huge amount in updating it, et cetera. But I'm going to try and do the best I can right here, right now and then leave it. 
as opposed to I'm actually going to invest in this and because I can see the value that, that's there. People perhaps struggle maybe to, um, as you say, when they might come back after six months or a year and say it's not working. Um, uh, the website's not working, but it's like, well, what are you measuring that by? What's your actual metric? Here's your goal, but what's your metric? And I think that's an interesting um, sort of uh, conversation around, well, how do you understand if if it's working or not? And the, the main thing, of course, everyone starts off with a website and they want traffic, don't they? There's no point having a having a, a, a shop window unless you're going to get footfall going past it, you know, yeah. and people coming in the shop. But people just, there's this universal idea, isn't there? Like, well, I've got impressions, I've got traffic, I've got people coming in, but do you find that people don't perhaps have a, a clear understanding about what they want that traffic to do and then what actually gives them an idea of are they on the right track or are they on completely the wrong track, if that makes sense? That makes complete sense. Yeah, it's, it, it is, it's, you know, measure, measure, measure. Um, have I mentioned you need to measure? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you need to measure your goals. You need to measure what's going on and whether what you're doing is working um, and honing what works, doing more of what works and less of what doesn't. Um, and, you know, you can make subtle tweaks. And again, this is where the sort of DIY culture behind some marketing, and don't get me wrong, I don't certainly don't see it as a threat because half of it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> so that's not a problem. But um, it's where this culture comes from of, of doing your own thing and it has a place don't get me wrong you know the wicks the weeblies um you know they have they have a place if someone's literally just starting out uh and they want to get going and they just want to understand the value behind a website you know quite often by someone doing their own thing and getting a little bit of business you know maybe by accident because they haven't measured properly or whatever and it's just it's working just okay um that will sort of um, educate people in the value of well if it's if I'm if I'm achieving that from that imagine what I could achieve if I did if I had it done properly um, so you've got that value equation and also again the car I keep going back to cars but it's a good analogy you wouldn't buy a DB11 for someone who's 17 who's just learning to drive they need an old fiesta or something that is okay if they break it they it's crash. okay if they hit a tree as long as they don't hurt themselves and or anybody else um, it's it's all right if they curb the alloys it's not the end of the world because they only spent a small amount of money on it and it was a learning experience they learned how to drive so they learned the value of a website by doing that diy website but if they really want to nail it and then scale it they they, they realize during that process okay i've gone as far as i can and if i now want to really up my game then i either need to learn learn the knowledge of being able to up my game uh, or I get someone who's already got that knowledge um, and my advice would be to people is any area of your business focus on what you're good at focus on your passion if you want to get good at building your own website and really learn all the intricacies of what works then then great go for it but if you want to focus on why you started the business and yeah. you want to um you know focus on the passion behind the business which is why you're doing the business then get someone else to do it and, and i wouldn't dream of doing my end of year accounts i'm not an accountant doesn't do anything yeah. for me 
um, I'm spending time working out how much to pay pay somebody else when they didn't do anything towards <laughs> earning that money. You know, I know that's exactly. how the tax system works, but um, yeah, it doesn't. I don't get any enjoyment. I just want to go. Here's all my invoices. Here's all my receipts and stuff and stuff that's come in throughout the year, Mister Accountant. Just tell me how much I've got. Tell me how much I'm in for, and I'll pay. I'll pay the tax man that on in you know the end yeah. of January, and then we can forget about it for another year. Exactly. A part of your strategy, your but your marketing strategy should be budgeting for outsourcing. It's yeah, really, absolutely. really important. Put it if you actually budget it properly, it won't be an expense you can't afford because you've thought about it and budgeted it into your business strategy. Absolutely. And if you budget by percentage, that's the yeah. that's the trick. Budget by percentage, not budget by exactly. don't pick a, a figure out of thin air prioritize what's working best within your business yep and then budget a percentage based on that priority and your business will fly yeah that's exactly right and your business will have to function for a bit before you can work out those priorities but the moment it does that's exactly what you should do yeah yeah that's really yeah. important I, I was interested actually because um mentioning as you have james when, when you started all this um uh, with, with you with your company uh, and this is a ridiculous question in many ways, but um, is there sort of the, the fundamental changes? Is there anything that you would say is the, the top change developments in, in terms of website design, website building? Clearly, a huge amount has changed since since 2001, as we all know. But I don't know if there's any particular um, things that you would you would focus on in terms of not all the latest gear. And, you know, because we're coming back to fundamentals of what actually works of course no matter what the technological landscape is but is there anything that in particular you would say that sort of not the game changer i hate using things like that but the main changes that you've you've observed in the, in the last the last two decades mainly i would say it's it's moving towards mobile devices more in the last decade than the previous one um oh I sound old uh, 20 years <laughs> um but yeah it's it it is yeah it's very much yeah evolved in terms of what you can do with a website going back to investment levels and i said earlier you know this the internet is the biggest level playing field in history for businesses and that is is never been so true because you know what can be done in terms of functionality and and and, and tools and everything on a website could actually be done five ten years ago but it was a hundred thousand pounds five ten years ago so what you can get as a small business or a micro business is amazing compared to what you used to have to pay for the for the for the same thing. A little bit again, the car analogy. Tell me to shut up about cars if you like. But it is you know you get the technology and what's the ability of something moves down, doesn't it? So you know if 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 the latest greatest sat nav comes out on a Mercedes S class you know, three years later, it's in the C-class as standard. And it's the same kind of thing with, with with websites, what you can achieve from a website from a business growth point of view versus value is is, is brilliant. You know, what? why spend a thousand pounds on a website that, that may just about break even because it's okay when you can spend five to 10,000 pounds on a website that puts a hundred thousand pounds at the end of the year on your bottom line because you've absolutely nailed the objective behind it and you've reinvested a percentage of the revenue it generates and that's the key when people when people scale quickly uh, it's not because they've got you know it may be at some occasions but generally speaking it's not because they've got like venture capitals or you know rich parents or anything like that they literally just have a 
a clever strategy of reinvesting a percentage of what's coming in back into what's working. And if you're reinvesting, you know, 20% back in, guess what happens to the 80%? It keeps growing. Yeah. Mm. You know? yep. uh, so it's, it's powerful stuff. And, and the measurability going back to that question in relation to me, it's, it's so much more accurate than offline marketing. You know, the old analogy of what well, half my marketing work or half my advertising works. I just don't know which half. So I'll carry on doing all of it because I don't know which bits working, but overall it's okay. It's not like that on online at all. It's it absolutely granular. You can look to the to the nth degree what's working, and you can retarget people based on where they are within a journey and a, and a funnel. You can offer discounts if that suits your business model for a particular product. If to get somebody over the line, there's so much you can you can do. And, and um, I'm, I'm working on a a strategy for a client with push notifications at the minute and the, the technology behind this is insane it literally can monitor uh, a session so a session being a, a visit to a website where somebody went through and did whatever they did on that website uh, during that visit and then it can analyze the best push notification to send that person based on their visit to the website to get them over the line um, from a from a whatever it is you're hoping they'll they'll do as long as you're providing value and a service and that's just so powerful because it's just going to sit there until they do two things close the push notification or go back to the point in the journey that you want them to go back to um, that level of technology for the level of investment is is just bordering on ridiculous. Yet the, irony, yet the irony is some people look at that and go, oh, yeah, but it's £100 a month for push notifications. What someone wouldn't have given for that level of technology 10 years ago on a website. So it's when someone comes back with that kind of response, it's just it's it's a lack of understanding behind the value of what that could achieve. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, Sam. Sorry, no, you go, go for it. Um, and it also asks a lot of questions of the marketeer because to get those push notifications correct, so technologically the website can absolutely supply that kind of granulation, but you've got to recognise your audience and know what the language is you've got, you're speaking to your audience. So you've got to get the messaging right in your push notifications. The fact that you can do it doesn't mean it's going to work. You've still got to recognise, as a marketeer, you've got to know your audience, what they want, what they don't want, how they behave, what they look like. So it's, it's, out, it's all to do with the marketeer as well. Absolutely. And that's where, again, going back to the automation part, automation in conjunction with human, uh, human thinking and human nuances yep. and tone and everything is, is vital to make something work because you, you can't do one without the other. There's a level, there's, there's a great example, Sally, where automation could absolutely fall flat and, and do damage to your business. If the wrong message came out through Absolutely. that push notification, it has yep. to, yeah, it has to it has to nail it. And again, from a tool point of view, you know, integrating a push notification system into a website, it is just a tool and it has to be used properly. And, it, you know, as was very apparent during lockdown, just because you can cut your own hair doesn't mean you should. So being, being given a tool and knowing how to use it are two very different things. So 
exactly I, I was gonna i was gonna draw some sort of analogy there but you got you beat me to it james the sort of bur- 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 the car no 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 i'd say but if you have got your you know your uh i don't know your aston martin vanquish or whatever it might be or your you know la ferrari and you go to a a, a garage down the road they may have the best kit the best diagnostic electronics kit the best actual tooling that you could use to 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 repair your car but if that mechanic is not skilled in knowing what they're doing they're either going to ruin it or they're not going to do the job they need to do, are they? I mean, again, it's this sort of tools and it's the sort of the, um, as you say, it's, it's the, you know, a lot, a lot of the webs, what a website do, does is, I suppose it's the means and the sort of the methodology in terms of the, the, the clever stuff that allows you to communicate an effective or a meaningful message if you want to do the whole alliteration side of things. But it, it is that sort of meaningful message, isn't it? Again, you've got to have that clear understanding of what it is you need to communicate, where you need to get your customers to go, why they need to go there, and then find out, are you doing that or are you not? And if you're not, why not? Absolutely, yeah. And, and it, it is... It is really important that, that, that in this culture of doing things yourself, people realise that, that the experts have taken a very long time to know how to, to do something. Um, and, you know, there is a mindset, and I'm very much up for this mindset, of you can, you can achieve whatever you put your mind to. And, and that's, that's a fantastic philosophy for life because you know if again if you think you can and you can't you're you're right etc so anyone can absolutely nail their marketing channel their website any area of their business that they choose to if and it's a big if they learn all the knowledge needed to do that so it's an equation it's misleading i believe some of the DIY adverts on, uh, on, on tele, you know, build your website in an hour. It's only a pound a month. It's misleading because it's, it's making people think that they can do that, spend no money on it and get X, Y, Y, Z results. Um, and, and they can't, quite frankly, they can't. Can, they, can someone do it themselves? Yeah. I wasn't born knowing how to build a website. People will be in the future. There are, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll have microchip, microchips at the hospital and we'll, we'll have this knowledge in, in brain um, and it's intuitive. But it's fascinating. You look at sort of toddlers and things nowadays, they can use an iPad, you know, three-year-old and they can use an iPad. They know how to navigate. It's all very, very intuitive. So the generations coming through just know this stuff because they were literally... You know, um, maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe they're born with it. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 there. It's it's um, it's ingrained. So it's more it's more intuitive than it than it used to be. But it is interesting as far as websites are concerned, actually, because I even I, who am extremely old, am now getting quite frustrated. That this I've got a screen over here. It's not a touch screen. This one is. This one isn't. Yeah. And I do constantly touch it and go, oh shit, and I can't do it. And, Websites need to recognise that people are going to touch it. It's no longer necessarily just your mouse. It's a whole different relationship I've got with it. And I'm expecting to be able to expand it and close it and wave with it. And all of those things that your website might need to be able to do, because that's where your customers are coming from. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's managing expectations from a user experience point of view. You know, when... I, I think I think when people do their own thing with a website, they can arguably be too too close to it. 
the hardest websites I've ever built on my own. Yep. Because I'm too close to it. It is so, much, much more difficult thing. I'm, it's like coming up with any, your own offering. This is what I'm offering to people. That's really hard to do. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, it is really interesting. From a user experience point of view, you've got to, you've got to have a, a look and feel that presents you as the expert that you are in your industry, yeah. but is equally easy to use, equally easy for somebody to, to, to buy from, equally easy for someone to, to contact you, whatever, whatever the calls to action need to be for your objective. But you absolutely have to know your objective before building the website. The yep. amount of people I've spoken to that, that, that will say, oh, I wish I'd known that before I started. And I think either they've done their own thing or, or a web designer has not sat down and said, what are you trying to achieve? They've just done what they've been asked to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, they contractually, someone's asked them to do X, Y, Z, they've done it. That's a, a simple, a simple transaction. But I feel you should be in you should be working with people um, to build sustainable long term relationships. That's who I look for as an ideal client. And I will I would rather turn work away from an integrity point of view that I know is not going to add value um, than, than, than do it and, and just take the money. I think that's wrong ethically. I think you should be, you know, working with someone because you know it's going to be a win-win situation. Um, I just think that's how business should work. It shouldn't be a loser. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good philosophy to have, I think, to be honest. And you pretty much answered what was going to be my final question, James, because I've realised we, we've been talking for a wonderful amount of time. Like, oh, I always say this, but I could honestly do this all day uh, and all week, perhaps, and just keep on going on to it, you know, but forget about food or anything else, but we'll get some fish <laughs> and chips in. We could we could all have a takeaway, yeah, yeah, you know, carry on. But um, it was... Website. Yeah, <laughs> <do> all that. <laughs> Um, but it was, uh, I mean, I think you pretty much answered this question, to be honest, but it, it was just like, I suppose, as a, as a final thought, if there was anybody, both from a, a marketer in a team uh, who, you know, has, has a, a, an organisational website uh, or their part of it, perhaps an individual business owner has their website set up and perhaps it's doing well, perhaps it's not doing as well. Is there, and again, this is very unfair, but is there sort of one uh, idea or one question you think they should be asking themselves about where, where they are perhaps if they're thinking well the website is not perhaps not doing everything they think it should be doing or, or, or they feel they're coasting a bit or perhaps they don't know they are but is there a question you would get people to ask themselves about their status where they are right now where their web presence is right now to make them just as you said before sort of stand back a bit and take in uh, the context Wow, that yeah, that is a, a a question with lots of levels. Um, I suppose in answer to that question, are you saying one thing is is if you if you went to your website and you were putting yourselves in the shoes of your ideal client, would you engage? Would you buy? Would you call? Would you email based on what you're looking at? Um, and it's very much about putting yourselves in the shoes of a, of a, of a client. There's, there's so many websites that are all about the company behind the website. And quite frankly, no one cares. What they care about is, does what this company do or know benefit me? 
And that is what should be coming across in your copy, in your message, so that when someone lands on that landing page, lands on that story page, lands on whatever page you sent them to, they go, oh, that's a benefit to me. That's interesting. Um, yes, that makes me want to, to, to contact them rather than, you know, oh, look, they've done this. They've done that. They've won this. Oh, good for them. You know what I mean? It doesn't, and, and, and people want to know what's in it for me. Yep. Uh, and that's how they will decide whether to begin to engage with you on any level is, is they can see what's in it for them. Yep. Um, so put, yeah, in answer to the question, put yourself in the shoes of your client or your ideal client and say, if I landed on this website and I was looking for, and I was targeted and I was looking for what I offer, would I buy from that? And if not, why not? What's putting me off about that copy? And if you, if you, yeah, if you put yourself in your customer's shoes, yep. that's, that's the key. It might also be a really good idea if you're starting this up to find a trial customer to actually get to do that for you. Because you, as you said before, you're too close to it and you need to Absolutely. ask your mate a few yeah. questions. Can you do X, Y, Z? How do you feel about this? Have, have beta testers as well. Yep. You know, have Absolutely. That, my dad, love my dad to bits, absolute legend. Um, he is the best beta tester ever. He's 81. Uh, if I've built a website about something, I will literally just send him a link to the website I've just finished building and say, Dad, go to this website for me and, and, then, and then come back and tell me what it's all about. Perfect. Brilliant beta tester because he is, you know, he is the type of person that will say, well, why have they put the start button down there? I don't want the start button down there. I'm like, Dad, I don't, have a, I don't have a direct line to Bill Gates. It's just how it is. Um, <laughs> You know, uh, it, yeah, so brilliant from a user experience point of view. If if my dad can navigate it and find what he needs to know, um, Anyone can. most other people will as well. Yep, perfect. Fantastic. That, that, that's a great, a great way to, to, to wrap things up, I think. And uh, uh, James, you, I think you did mention at the beginning, but, but if people are trying to find you and, and that hopefully there's people listening who are thinking, gosh, I'm asking this question. I need an expert to help me with my website and perhaps a consultation. Where, where can people find you again? So online uh, website is um, all the W's, obviously, www.wolfproductions, um, all one word, .co.uk. Um, physically, not at the minute, because I'm working from home like everybody else, uh, but physically my um, office is based in uh, Boston House in uh, Wantage. Um, so you know, when we get back to some level of normality, I will be able to have consultations uh, with people there as well. Uh, but at the minute, I'm 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 zooming with people. Uh, um, but yeah, I'm to clarify, I'm not I'm not um, I'm not saying to people, I'm not talking to you unless you pay me something. I, I for a consultation, there is a charge. If someone wants to have a five minute conversation to see whether they want to have a consultation, that's absolutely fine, and they're very welcome to 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 give me a call. But uh, I'm looking for people that understand the value of what can be achieved if they've got the right team of people within their business, virtually or otherwise, to achieve that um, and build sustainable win-win relationships. Um, and that's why I'm still here from a business point of view and have been doing it for, for two decades. Brilliant. That's, that's fantastic. Thank, thank you, James. I, I really enjoyed that. And uh, as I always enjoy talking to you and I, and I, Oh, I, I literally could go on all week. This is just <laughs> brilliant stuff and, it, and it's so meaningful. So thank you uh, very much for your time today. We really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's just been really good fun.
Absolute pleasure. And thank you for inviting me. That was great. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We hope that you enjoyed that today. And uh, I think you'll agree, James has some fantastic insights there. Um, If you do want to look him up for a consultation, then you can find him online at his website, of course, uh, which is uh, wolfproductions.co.uk, as he mentioned. So uh, we look forward to seeing you again next time. If you have anything you'd like to discuss with us or any topics you'd like us to look into in 2021, then we'd love to hear from you. So you just need to tweet us at meanderspod. And we look forward to talking to you and seeing you all again soon. Thanks very much. Bye for now.